Hello and welcome to this episode of the Complete Interpreter podcast by me, Sophie Llewellyn-Smith. You may know me also by my social media handle, Terp Coach, or just as the Interpreting Coach. Why is this podcast called The Complete Interpreter? Well, because you are more than an interpreting machine or a translation machine. You have other skills, other activities. And so I hope to bring you some holistic CPD, if you like, with this podcast, which addresses all things mindset for interpreters, interpreting skills for interpreters, some linguistic considerations, which is what I'll be talking about today, and also one day, perhaps, marketing. I said I was going to talk about language today, and it's a rather sombre topic that I'm going to address. I'm sure you, like me, have been very much affected by the events that are unfolding in Gaza at the moment, by the attack by Hamas on Israel, and also by over a year and a half of conflict in Ukraine. It's very difficult to understand and digest what's happening and also to think about the possible consequences for all of us, for all of humanity and geopolitically. Now, I don't want to turn this into a political podcast. And the reason I'm mentioning it at all is because some interpreters have to interpret speeches or contributions to conferences that are to do with the conflict in Ukraine or the conflict in Gaza. For example, if you're a UN interpreter or maybe in many other situations, that can be very difficult to do for many reasons. First of all, you might be interpreting something that's very sensitive from a diplomatic point of view, so you want to get it absolutely right. Also, we're talking about horrendous, sickening events, and that can be psychologically difficult for the interpreter. And then there is a certain vocabulary that people tend to use when talking about events like this. Sometimes there are euphemisms that are employed, for example, to talk about death, and it's easy to get the tone wrong. So I wanted to see if I could give you some help for when you are interpreting in situations where you're talking about an attack. It might be a terrorist attack. It might be an invasion. It might be a conflict. It might be some other event that is tragic and uh, abominable. Okay, I'm just thinking how to present this information. Really, I'd like you to do some of the work. So if you're in a place where you have access to a pen and paper and you're able to pause the podcast for a bit and do some brainstorming, then I think you'll get more out of it. But obviously, some of you may be listening to this podcast when you're out and about. Fair enough. The first thing I want to do is look at some adjectives, some vocabulary that you can use to describe deliberate acts. Let's look first of all at some synonyms, some adjectives that could be used to describe something that is appalling or despicable. And if you're able to, pause the podcast now and write down a list of adjectives that have that same meaning 
as despicable or appalling. So I'm thinking here of characterising the attack itself or the people who've perpetrated that attack. Okay, maybe you've been able to pause, maybe not. So I don't want to leave a massive gap in the podcast. Here are some examples of adjectives that I've come up with to describe acts or perpetrators that are despicable. Awful, ignominious, contemptible, disgraceful, loathsome, reprehensible, shameful, vile, abominable, appalling, awful, disgusting, and heinous. Heinous in British English, I think, but you may have heard that pronounced heinous before. Now I'd like to flip things and try to come up with a list of adjectives from the point of view of the observer of these events that are unfolding. So I'm looking now for adjectives that are synonyms of shocking. In other words, they relate more to the emotions that would be felt by people who are witnessing these attacks or who are the victims of such events. Pause now if you're able to and brainstorm some synonyms for Shocking. Right. Now, you may find that there's quite a lot of overlap between these two lists of adjectives, which is absolutely understandable. So, from the point of view of uh, people who are learning about these events and how they might feel or how they might perceive these events, here are the adjectives that I've come up with. Appalling awful, disgraceful, disgusting, dreadful, incomprehensible, unimaginable, nauseating, revolting, sickening, monstrous, heinous, horrifying, shameful, and senseless. And it may be that you see these two lists as very much the same thing. It's a bit of an arbitrary distinction, but I wanted to make a a distinction between judging the act or judging the perpetrators versus the feelings that somebody might have learning of such events. Now, the reason that I have asked you to brainstorm all those adjectives is to help you describe, let's say, an attack. And I'm going to give you two models, by which I mean sentence structures, to allow you to do that. And now you have a whole list of adjectives that will also help you. Model one goes like this. A something attack on someone by someone. So you're going to have an adjective in that first position, an Adjective attack on adjective noun by adjective noun. This will become clear in a minute. (laughs) And of course, you don't have to have every component of that model. You don't always have to have every adjective. 
but that's a model of a type of phrase that will come up very often when people are describing attacks or invasions or events of this kind. Here are some examples. This was a callous attack on innocent civilians. So you can see there, callous is the first adjective, a callous attack on, adjective noun, innocent civilians. This was a cowardly attack on innocent people. A shameful attack on unsuspecting civilians by a callous sociopath. A horrendous attack on defenseless children. Hopefully you can see the model there and you could see how you could slot in some of the adjectives that you brainstormed a minute ago. The second model focuses less on the people involved and more on characterizing the attack. And this model goes, a something act of something something, which is going to describe the type of attack it is. So you'll have an adjective, a something act, an adjective act of adjective noun. And you could also add by adjective noun, if you like. Here are some examples just to make that clear. This was an appalling act of senseless violence. This was a vicious and contemptible act of brutal slaughter by a deranged extremist. There you can see I've put two adjectives in in front of act. This was an unimaginable act of appalling, sickening, cowardice. And there I've put two adjectives in front of the word cowardice. I hope that's given you some ideas for describing acts of violence or attacks and describing the parties that are involved in those attacks. Now, our next category is the scale of the effects of this act. So to describe the scale of the effects, which is something that may well come up in a speech on this topic, first of all, if you are able to brainstorm for a minute, I'd like you to write a list of adjectives that you could use that would go with a word like scale or proportions so that you can describe the, the scale of the attack. I'm going to pause now while you think of some adjectives to describe scale or proportions. Here are the adjectives I came up with. Enormous, extraordinary, gargantuan, immense, mammoth, massive, monumental, staggering, unmanageable, unimaginable, alarming and vast. And then you may well need some words to describe the barbarity of the attack. And instead of barbarity, you may be able to use terms like brutality, cruelty, 
inhumanity, ruthlessness, savagery, or callousness. How can you turn those adjectives into phrases that work in English? Well, you can follow this model. You begin your sentence with, it's a noun, it's a something of something, something proportions. So one of your options is of something, something proportions, or you can use on a something, something scale. This is where you're going to be slotting in your adjectives. You could also use such as we have rarely seen, never seen. And an alternative to that is the phrase of a noun that hasn't been verb since. I'll give you some examples <laughs> to make that clear. So first of all, for the proportions idea, we want a phrase or a sentence that goes, it's a noun of something, something proportions. That would give you things like, it's a disaster of extraordinary proportions, or it's a tragedy of unimaginable proportions. Instead of the proportions, you can try the scale, on a something, something scale. It's a tragedy on an unimaginable scale. Then I gave you such as we. Here's an example. It's a massacre such as we haven't seen since World War II. And the last example is of a noun that hasn't been verb since whatever your date is. An example of that would be it's an act of aggression of a barbarity that hasn't been witnessed since World War II. Okay, this was quite an unusual podcast. I wouldn't normally go into linguistic aspects in so much depth. I hope that that has been helpful, perhaps particularly for those of you who have an English retour, in giving you some models to follow and some ideas for how you can construct sentences to describe the effects of an act of violence or the parties involved in that act of violence. But of course, there's more to it. If you're interpreting a speech on topics like this, there are a number of things that you will need to do as well. One of them, as I said right at the start, is trying to get the tone right and there are a lot of euphemisms used to describe people dying or passing away. Uh, so if you're not certain of those and which of those are appropriate versus the ones that sound too informal, too colloquial, then please do and do go and research that. Secondly, think about your voice. This probably goes without saying, and I think most of us would do this automatically when interpreting a very solemn subject, but think about your, your voice. You may want to try to make your voice deeper, less light. Make sure that you don't have a smile in your voice. Uh, and in general, try to make your tone match the solemnity of the occasion. As I said, I think most interpreters would do this instinctively in, in this kind of situation. The last point I wanted to make was about register. I think if you're interpreting a politician who is speaking after an attack 
or some kind of act of violence, you're likely to be dealing with a relatively formal register. So now is the time to look for your higher register vocabulary, maybe remove contractions, contracted verbs, and instead give the full forms of the verbs. Look for your more formal links to put into the speech as opposed to the simpler ones like and but so. Let me know if that was useful. You can email me at info at theinterpretingcoach.com. A rather unusual podcast today and I hope that you don't think that by talking about these dry linguistic aspects I'm minimising the, the human element of this. That is not the case at all but as I said I, this isn't a political podcast and so I was trying to look at current events from an interpreter training point of view and see if there was anything that I could offer you to help you in your interpreting. As I said, particularly if you have an English B. Do let me know what you'd like me to talk about next. You will find a very short form in the show notes where you can just let me know what you'd like me to discuss. Speak to you soon. Bye.